Good morning, everybody. We got about 10 more minutes till the morning is over. So everybody doing well today? You guys doing all right? All right. So um, we just completed our series in Ruth on last week. Uh, We finalized everything on Wednesday and um, I left Wednesday night very inspired um, because I practically didn't even have to teach the Bible study. They were just on point. I mean, they really got the gist of the last four weeks, so I really felt good. And then about two weeks ago, uh, there was a suggestion that we should do the book of Judges. So for the next four weeks, including Bible studies on Wednesdays, we're going to go through the whole entire book of Judges, all right? All right, so um, we're going to start. Before we go to Judges 1, turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Y'all like, where is Deuteronomy? Book of Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter. And we're going to start at the 16th verse. You guys there? All right. Deuteronomy 16. Um, When you get there, say amen. If you ain't there yet, say hold up. (laughs) We're going to walk through this. We're going to walk through this today. All right. Um, I'm a narrative preacher. I've come to understand not necessarily really good with being a topical preacher, uh, did okay. Um, but those of you that have followed me or are familiar with my pat preaching, I've been preaching for uh, 17 years now, Jesus. Um, those of you that know that know I've pretty much preached through the whole entire Bible um, and that's my style. So I'm gonna walk you guys through the books of the Bible if that's okay. Yeah. All right, you guys there? Yeah. Uh, Deuteronomy, uh, starting at the seventh chapter, I'm uh, 16th verse. Uh, I know we're going to read some of this stuff, and y'all going to be like, "This is like very tough and uh, archaic and you know crazy." But I promise you, I'm going to try to make some sense to it for you. Okay? It says, "You must destroy all the peoples the Lord your God is delivering to, over to you, and not to look on them with pity." Do not worship their gods, for that will be a snare to you. If you say to yourself, these nations are greater than I, how can I drive them out? Do not be afraid of them. Be sure to remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh in all Egypt. The great trials that you saw, the signs, the wonders, and the strong hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all the peoples you fear. The Lord your God will also send the hornet against them until all the survivors and those hiding from you perish. Don't be terrified of them. For the Lord your God, a great and awesome God, is among you. The Lord your God will drive out these nations before you little by little. You will not be able to destroy them all at once. Otherwise, the wild animals will become too numerous for you. The Lord your God will give them over to you and throw them into great confusion until they are destroyed. He will hand their kings over to you and you will wipe out their names under heaven. No one will be able to stand against you. You will annihilate them. You must burn up the carved images of their gods. Don't covet the silver and gold on the images and take it for yourself or else You will be ensnared by it, for it is abhorrent to the Lord your God. 
You must not bring any abhorrent thing into your house or you will be set apart for destruction like it. You are to utterly detest and arbor it because it is set apart for destruction. Book of Judges. Let's go to Judges now, the first chapter. And we're going to start at the 27th verse. At the time, Manasseh failed to take possession. Now, look, I, I am not good with some of these names. Y'all going to be like, what? All right. So I'm working on my Hebrew. At the time, Manasseh failed to take possession of Bethshean and its villages or Tanakh and its villages, or the residents of Dor, and its villages, or the residents of Eblium, and its villages, and the residents of Megiddo, and its villages, and the Canaanites refused to leave this land. I sound like I know what I'm saying, don't I? When Israel became stronger, I learned to just keep going, even when you ain't pronouncing it right. When Israel became stronger, they made the Canaanites serve as forced labor, but never drove them out completely. At the time, Ephraim, failed to drive out the Canaanites who were living in Gezer. So the Canaanites lived among them in Gezer. You guys noticing the trend here? Zebulun failed to drive out the residents of Kitron, or the residents of Nehoholor. So the Canaanites lived among them and served as forced labor. Asher failed to drive out the residents of Echo, or of Sidon, or Helab, or Akzim, or Helbah or Ephic, or Rehob. Look at me. The Asherites lived among the Canaanites who were living in the land because they failed to drive them out. Naphtali did not drive out the residents of Bethamish or the residents of Bethana. They lived among the Canaanites who lived in the land. But the residents of Bethshemish and Behanath served as their force labor. The Amorites forced the Danites into the hill country and did not allow them to go down into the valley. The Amorites refused to leave Horazim and Hajalon and Shalabim. When the house of Joseph got the upper hand, the Amorites were made to serve as forced labor. The territory of the Amorites extended from the ascent of Akrabim that is from Selah upward. One more scripture, Ephesians 5. Y'all are familiar with this one. We all quote this one. Ephesians 5. You guys there? I'm sorry, Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, I'm sorry. Ephesians 6 and 12. Ephesians 6 and 12. This is the last one. Y'all know this one. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the, rule, the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. The title of this message today is Emotional Roller Coaster. Y'all know that? <laughs> All right, y'all. Vivian Green 2002 right there. Emotional Roller Coaster. Some of y'all know that. Some of y'all know that song. I seen y'all light right up. Emotional roller coaster. That's the title of this message today. Um, I, I was reading all week, and one thing that God really convicted me on, just reading the scriptures, the Holy Spirit convicted me on, 
is that although we are saved by grace and although God has delivered us from many things, we all have our own testimonies. One thing that the Lord had to share with me is although we are delivered and although we are saved, there's still a portion of accountability that we are held to. Y'all get what I'm saying? So you stole a dollar, you get saved that night. You still owe that dollar tomorrow morning. Y'all quiet in here. Some of y'all thought that when he washed your sins away, he washed away your credit score. No, no. No, you got the Holy Ghost and you need to pay that mortgage next month too. So I understand that there's accountability even after salvation. And a lot of times the reason why we go through emotional roller coasters is because not necessarily that it's the devil fighting us. We can't give the devil so much credit. Sometimes it's us having to deal with the consequences of some of the mistakes and some of the issues and some of the uh, uh, things uh, that we've made in our life. So I begin to reflect back over my own personal life. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to get a little transparent, but not too transparent. I, 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 some things have been buried in the sea of forgetfulness. Thank you, Jesus. So um, I remember this is years ago. It's my junior year of high school. And everybody is filling out job or, or, or college applications. Y'all remember that? Anybody ever do that? You filling out your college applications, everybody's getting excited. And now my senior year hits, and now everybody's getting acceptance letters. And I ain't even applied to no college. Matter of fact, I didn't even want to go to college. Y'all gonna laugh. I wanted to be a rapper. What's so funny about that? I had bars. I wanted to be a rapper. I didn't even want to go to college, but everybody else was going and I wanted to get out of the house. So I went down to the guidance office and I said, all right, I guess I'm just going to go to college too. Everybody else going. My friends, they're going to Rutgers and they're going to Maryland and they're going to, you know, PA and Texas and everywhere, Florida. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go too. So I go down to the guidance office and I'm like, can I, can I get my transcript? And they hand me my transcript. And I look at it. Mind your business, Yasmin. <laughs> and I look at the transcript. And I'm like, I, I think, I think y'all made a mistake here. <laughs> I'm like, this says 1.7. I had a 1.7 GPA my senior year of high school. Because for four years, I played around. For four years, I slept through school. Can I be honest? By the time I got to my junior and senior year, I was halfway going to school. By the time my parents gave me a car, and that was the worst thing they did. Because I would go to homeroom, and this isn't to give anybody any ideas, Justin. You better stay in school. <laughs> what I would do is I would go to homeroom, get myself marked for the day, run out the back door, jump in the car, go home because my parents was at work or whatever, and just go to bed. Now all of a sudden, everybody's going to college and I want to go too, but I put no work in for four years. So now I have to deal with the repercussions of playing around for four years and now I want to do what everybody else had to do that sacrificed their four years of keeping their heads in the books. And I had no one to blame but myself, but I tried to blame other people. So what did I do? <laughs> I said, I'm going to go somewhere. 
So back in the day, we didn't have the internet as popular as it is now. We had it somewhat, but it wasn't like it is. Back in the day, you actually still had to go through college books. And I went into the college book, and I found a school with the highest accepting rate. And I said, I'll get in there. And I applied, and I got in. So I, I, well, before I got in, I drove down there with me and my dad, and I handed them my transcript. And I'm just confident. Like, like, like them 30 Fs and Ds is just normal. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just confident and the guy looked at me and, and looked at the transcript like I know he playing like, he's like bro like are you serious and I'm like yeah I'm trying to get into your school they told me that sometimes if you come down here with your transcript you accept them on the spot he's like well not you go home <laughs> I get home and a couple weeks later I actually did get accepted to the school but now I'm on academic probation so I'm in Norfolk State University Six, six hours away from my parents on academic probation. But watch this. Now, I got a job through the work-study program in order to pay for a portion of my tuition. I had to work in a library. And that's where I fell in love with books. And then I spent my late teens and my early 20s having to learn the process of learning stuff that I should have learned if I would have listened and went to school during those first four years of my life. So I put myself through all different types of emotional roller coasters and situations, but I had to take accountability over the fact that I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And sometimes we're looking at God trying to figure out why are we digging ourselves out of things, but we don't question God on why in the world did I allow myself to get here. Y'all quiet. <laughs> so many times we go to God and we want to play, have a pity party and we want to play victim. But we don't flash back of all the other times that we made those mistakes and we put ourselves in the hole that we're in. And all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, you think through a jump, a hop, a skip, and a shout, and a high five to your neighbor, God's just going to pull you out. And on Monday morning, every trouble that you dug yourself in for the last 20 years, he's going to pull yourself out of. I'm sorry to tell you, I know some folks probably preach that, but we ain't preaching that here. There are some repercussions for the decisions that we make. And you know what it started with? It started with just a little drip. It started with sleeping in one class. It started with skipping one class. It started with playing around in one class. The next thing you know, you got a reputation. You're funny. You're the class clown. You're the man. And now all of a sudden, you're playing around in every class. And now all of a sudden, you want God to pull you out of something. Let me tell y'all something. That year, that year that I graduated, I was tearing the church up. I was trying to shout my way into college. I thought, you know, if I holler a little bit louder on Sunday, I was the most spiritual that year. But I found out I had to eventually deal with the repercussions of the decisions that I made. And that's where we are in the book of Judges. For the next few weeks, we're going to see people deal with the repercussions of their former sins. Yes, God brought them out. Yes, God brought them into their promise. But the question we have to ask as we begin to read this text is, were they completely obedient to God? You can't be a part-time Christian. You can't serve God when you feel like it. You can't do what's right when you feel like it. We, God brought us out so that we can be full-time about this thing. Amen. Let me be honest with you. We're going to make mistakes. 
We're going to fall. We're going to have issues. But you're not supposed to stay there. And what God does not like more than anything else is a lukewarm Christian. He'd rather you be hot or cold. Because at least if you're cold, you're consistent. And at least if you're hot, you're consistent. But lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. Because I don't want no half-stepping Christians or no half-stepping believers. So Joshua, y'all remember Joshua? Moses died, a man by the name of Joshua rises up, and his assignment is to bring the people of God into their promise. But before Joshua dies, or before Moses dies, Moses gives them instruction in Deuteronomy 7. And in Deuteronomy 7, what he tells them to do is he tells them, what I need you guys to do is when I bring you into the land that I promised that I'm going to bring you into, I need you to destroy everything that's there. This, this sounds like barbaric. I want you to go into that land and I want you to spare nothing. I, want, I, know, I know this is going to sound tough. I want you to kill the mom, the pop, the cat, the dog, the cow, the pig, everything. Leave nothing. Because if you leave just a little bit of it left, it'll seep into your spirit and you'll pick up those traits so rather than you play with it, get rid of it. I don't want you to go into my promise and get caught up with the things that I delivered you from. So he says, I'm going to give you the land of the Amorites, the Moabites, the Gershites, the Hittites, all those ites, the Canaanites. I'm going to give you that land. But when you go into that land, I want you to take it and kill everything in it why so now we go to judges one and we go to judges one verses one through 27 we see that they go into the land but they don't kill everything they leave room for the devil watch this god brings you out but you leave room for some mess in your life and you know what a lot of our excuses are well, I don't, really, I don't really mess with that stuff anyway, so I can be around it. <laughs> well, that ain't my thing anyway, so, you know, it doesn't bother me. So I can keep that in my life. Well, I don't get down like that anyway. So that can stay around there, and I'll keep it around me, because it'll never get to me, because I don't have a proclivity for it. And we let it linger. And we let it sit around. And we let it live in our life. And eventually one day, that thing seeps into your spirit. And the thing that you said you would never do, you find yourself doing because you should have killed it, but you entertained it. Y'all quiet in here. You allowed something to live in your space that shouldn't have space. And now it is overtaking you. So the Moabites, we talked about this with Ruth. They were seductive women. Y'all remember that? Balaam? Numbers 23, number 17. Number 17 through 23. We read about the Moabites and they're seductive people. They're people of, ancest, of, of, of incest. They're people of issues. They're people of drama. And they let them linger. And what do you think happened to Israel? 
They picked up the spirit. The Amorites, same thing. But they let them live there. And what happens? They pick it up. The Jebusites, same thing. The Canaanites, the same thing. God tells them to kick them out. They don't kick them out. And now Israel has a whole lot of issues that they never would have had to deal with if they would have got rid of it from the beginning. And sometimes we're dealing with issues 20 years later that we would have never had to deal with if we would have kicked it out of our life 20 years ago. Now you got leeches. Now you got people. Now you got addictions. Now you got problems. Now you got all types of issues connected to you because you said, oh, that doesn't bother me. That ain't my thing. I, ain't, I don't smoke. I don't smoke weed. I don't smoke crack. So I can go to those parties. And I can hang around that. Because that ain't my thing. I don't binge drink. So I can be in the bar. I can have a shot or two. Because I know my limit. Oh, I, I can be around them. I, I know, I know they, you know, they got some sexual issues, but I can hang with them. Because that just ain't my thing sexually. I'm not, I'm not promiscuous. And now next thing you know, you're hanging around it. And the thing that you said that you weren't into, now you're at the bar binge drinking. Now you're smoking the drugs. Now you got a thousand different people you're sleeping with every weekend that you have no connection to. Now you're empty because you allowed something to linger in your life. Oh, y'all quiet in here. That you should have killed when you had the opportunity. Watch this. I'm, 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 I'm going to sit down in a second. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? <sighs> There's an imagination, because I know some of y'all would jump up right now. There's a thousand roaches in here. A thousand roaches. Use your imagination. Ain't no roaches in here that I've I seen. And you kill all of them but one, because it's cute. He has all those other ones. They, they was nasty. But this one, his little antlers is so cute. I'm going to put him in a box over there, and I'm going to come back next week, because he's just so cute. And you put them in the box next week, and you come back, and you left the top open. What do you think is back here next week? Same amount of roaches that you killed last week. But because you let one live, it made it. And now it has more issues than you had last week because you allowed one to live. I'll go a step further because some of y'all are like, I don't mess with man. All right, a bunch of rats in here. <laughs> Master Splinter is walking over there. <laughs> but then there's one that you're, that's so cute. His name is Ben. <laughs> ben, the two of us need love no more. Oh, that's for my 70s folks right there. Y'all know that one, right? You let Ben live, but you kill Master Splinter. But over across the street, because he can get out, there's holes and stuff everywhere, Ratatouille lives in the Hollywood diner. And he goes and gets Ratatouille, and they come in here, and they have a family. You done killed Splinter, but now Ratatouille walking around here pregnant, hiding. 
And now all of a sudden, because you allowed everything to live but one that you thought was cute, <laughs> y'all quiet. Now you have a bigger disaster. Can I go a step further? How many of y'all remember the story with the man by the name of King Saul? Y'all remember King Saul? Before David, there was Saul. And God gave Saul an assignment. He says, when I bring you into the land that I promise you, I want you to kill all the Amalekites. Because they were the same people that tried to kill you when you were walking with the, through the wilderness with Moses. Don't let one of them live. And the Bible says that when Saul became king, he goes to the Amalekites and he kills everything that's weak, but he keeps all the good stuff. Y'all with me? He kills all of the weak stuff, but the fine looking Amalekite women he keeps. And the men have babies with Amalekite women. Which tells you that those babies are half Amalekites. They allow the strong Amalekite men to live. And they begin to mix with the Israel women. And they start having babies. And they start having Amalekite babies. Now we get to 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, and David is in Ziglag. And while David's in Ziglag, the Bible says that the Amalekites come and they take his children and his wives and hold them captive. And they wrap him, all of them up, and take them on somewhere. And David has to fight a battle that he never would have had to fight if Saul would have handled his business the generation before. What are you saying? What I'm saying is sometimes the things that you don't deal with becomes generational. When you pick up certain issues and certain addictions and certain problems and you don't deal with it in your generation, your children are seeing it and they pick it up. Now David has to fight a battle that was never his if the generation before him would have handled their business. And now some of us have to deal with some battles and some of us have to deal with some issues that we should have never had to deal with if they were dealt with at the root. Some of us are fighting. Some of us are praying, God, take it from me, keep me, help me. And it seems like we're just going through circles and it seems like it's eternal battle. But if that thing would have been broken at the root, you would have never had to fight with it. So why don't you destroy it so your children don't have to go through it? Why? So now judges, now we're in the book of Judges. Are y'all with me? Am I talking too much? Now we're in the book of Judges, the first chapter. And when we get to the first chapter... The 27th verse, we see something. Y'all with me? We get to 27th chapter of Judges, first chapter, 27th verse, and it says, And at the time Manasseh failed to take the possession of Beth Sheen. Beth Sheen. Beth is house. Remember Bethel? Y'all ever heard of Bethel? Bethel, God, Bethel, house of God. This is Beth Sheen. We don't know what Sheen is. Yeah, I'm going to show you. But we know Beth means house. It's the house of something. And Israel failed to take possession of it. What is Beth Sheen? Beth Sheen is the house of the sun god. Now, what is one of the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt serve no other gods before me, for I am a... But watch this. Now, they're mixing worship. 
they're celebrating a God of the sun when they have a God who created the sun. Y'all with me? They're mixing religion. Y'all ready? Y'all with me? They're mixing religion. Watch this. It's just a little Buddhism. I'm a Christian, but, you know, I'm going to mess around with that little transgenal meditation because, you know, you know, we're all under one God. And what happens? You allow certain things get in your spirit. You allow certain issues and certain things to get in your spirit that are not of God. And now your relationship with him changes. So now they've picked up the relation or the, the, the religion of another God because they failed to take possession of the land and destroy the idols and the temple. When you see certain things come into your life, you got to attack it immediately. Certain things come on on television, certain things come on in radio, you got to kill that spirit immediately. The blood of Jesus. You scroll through Instagram, certain things, block. You allow certain things in, next thing you know, let me check out her page. I like that picture. Now you, you three years back. Now you five years back. Now you somewhere lusting for somebody that ain't yours. I love when I sit out hitting stuff. Y'all like, why he in my business? I was just scrolling. You left a little bit of room, and now next thing you know, that thing is getting into your spirit. And now you got a whole lot of issues because you allowed it to seep in. You allowed it to drip, and now it's consuming you. There was another God in here. I don't have time to go through the whole entire scripture, but there was another temple that they, forget, they, they, that they didn't destroy, and it was the fertility God. And what they were saying is that God was not enough. They couldn't trust God. So they were worshiping him for not only just fertility of the body, but fertility of the ground. They're basically saying that he, he's not enough. So what they do, watch this, because there's famine, because of their disobedience, they try to go to other gods. They do, rather than repent, they try to seek another God from somewhere else to give them an answer. What are you saying? <laughs> Sometimes God gives us a no. And we go to our other gods to get a yes. <laughs> I don't got no other gods. Yes, you do. God told you no. Now you're going to your homeboy for a loan. God told you no. My grace is sufficient. Now you're trying to seek other options rather than trust him. And next thing you know, you're picking up different types of spirits and different types of issues because now you've allowed it to linger too long and now it is taking control of your life. I'm almost done. So now we come to Judges 2 and 1. And in Judges 2 and 1, y'all with me? Judges 2 and 1, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord went from Gigal to Bochum. Gigal to Bochum. 
The Lord went from Gigal to Bo. I don't have enough time to break all this down. But Bochum means sadness. Y'all with me? Bochum means sadness. Which means that they allow things to linger. It's consuming them. And now they're in a place of sadness. And they're in a place of playing victim. No accountability. God, why am I here? I wish I, could, I wish I could be honest, but sometimes rather than me looking and accepting the fact that I was the one at, at fault, I, I, sometimes I go to God and say, God, why me? Amen. Why my money funny? I don't understand. I pay my tithes and my offerings and I give. And God's like, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But remember a couple weekends ago, you, 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 you spent all that money trying to have a great weekend that you didn't have to spend. You was hanging out with your boys. Yeah, that's on me. So now they're in a place of sadness. And watch this. And the angel of the Lord went from Gigal to Bochum. Are y'all with me? All right, I'm going to give you a little insight here real quick. The angel of the Lord went from Gigal to Bochum. Can I tell you that the text is a little messed up right there? Y'all like, the Bible ain't wrong. It's not. But the translation's a little off here. How's the translation off? Because it says that the angel of the Lord, but then it also, but when he speaks, he speaks in first person as if he's God. So how is he an angel, but he's speaking as if though he's God? Hmm. <laughs> Y'all with me? Because it's not necessarily an angel. It's actually God in the flesh. Jesus. Y'all like, what? No, Jesus don't come to Matthew. No. Jesus is through the whole Old Testament. I'll show you Genesis 1. Let there be light. But the sun and the moon wasn't created until the fourth day in the 18th verse. So what light is he talking about in 1 and 4? <laughs> Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So Jesus was there in Genesis 1. That's why God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. He was talking to himself. <laughs> so now, and I know I'm using the word wrong. Royce can correct me. Is it, what is it? Not epiphany. Tipophany, which is Jesus revealing himself for a moment in the Old Testament. Y'all with me? So he comes as an angel, or the translator of the scripture believes he's an angel, but he speaks in first party because it's, it's God speaking to the people. And he says, I brought you out of Egypt and led you into the land that I promised to your fathers. I also said, I will not break my covenant with you. You are not to make a covenant with the people who are living in this land, and you are to tear down their altars. Watch this. I gave you instructions. But you have not obeyed me. What is this you have done? This is God. Go back up. This is God making them take accountability for their actions. Whenever God asks you a question, he already knows. But he wants to hear your answer on why you're there. So what he is saying is, what is this that you, not me, why are you here? Why are you struggling? Why are you fighting internally with these issues? What have you? You done. Is this making sense to y'all today? Yes. Therefore, I now say, 
Look at God. I will not drive out these people before you. They will be thorns in your sides and their gods will be a trap for you. I'm going to make you deal with the consequences of your disobedience and I'm going to make your enemies a thorn in your flesh. I know y'all ain't trying to hear this. Y'all thought y'all was going to shout and dance today. (laughs) I got a feeling. No, everything going to be all right. But right here in this text, they have to deal with the fact that God gave them instruction. They didn't have to do it. And now they have to deal with the consequences of their disobedience. Can I show you something? Why are you showing mercy on something that tried to kill you when it was in power? In Numbers 25 or 23, the Moabites show no mercy. In Exodus, the Amalekites show no mercy. In Joshua 5, in the walls of Jericho, they put up their walls because they were showing no mercy. So why all of a sudden after I bless you and bring you in, you want to show mercy to something that would have not shown mercy to you? I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about sin. All of those tribes symbolize certain issues in our life. And when we were in our darkest places in our life, those things, assignment that were in our lives, those assignments that they were put on them were to kill you. Those addictions were for you to stay in it and never come out. Those problems We're supposed to bother you for the rest of your life. And now that God has freed you, why are you showing mercy on the thing that was trying to kill you? So what God is saying is because you did not kill what you were supposed to kill in your life. Now I'm going to make it a thorn in your side. So how do we fight these things? Glad you asked. Ephesians 6. For we wrestle not against flesh or blood. I told you. This whole Old Testament thing is not necessarily physical, it's spiritual. But we wrestle not against flesh or blood. Huh? Which means that we have to stay in the spirit. And when we see things coming up against our spirit, we rebuke those things. And immediately go into spiritual warfare. I know a lot of folks don't want to teach this kind of stuff, but spiritual warfare is real. And you better learn how to use it when you need to, when the enemy is coming up against you. You got to rebuke storms. You got to rebuke issues. You got to rebuke things that try to come in your house. Certain attitudes that come in my house, I got to rebuke it. Y'all quiet. And I don't care if it come through my children. You ain't going to come in here with that attitude. Fix your face. Go, Go take a shower. Take a nap, and when you wake up, we'll talk about it. But you ain't going to walk around with this spirit in my house. I don't know what you got inside your spirit in school, but you ain't bringing that spirit that those parents deal with in my house. Y'all quiet. (laughs) There's certain spirits that you got to knock right there at the door. And then can I help? And I'm, I'm, I'm my God, I'm, I am I am I am 100 percent guilty of this myself. And you got to guard what spirits you allow in their lives. I'm guilty. What's on the television? What's on the radio? 
Why are you going to your room to watch that tablet? What you watching? Now I got kids hating me in here now. He telling my business. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in high places. It says the heavens, but in the King James Version, high places, which means the airways. And Satan is the prince of the air. And how do our children get their connection? Wi-Fi, cable, telephone, airwaves. <laughs> this isn't just physical, but this is spiritual. And we got to rebuke certain things, like I said, because if you don't destroy it, it will visit our next generation. I'm so guilty. And I'm going to close and I don't want to embarrass nobody. The other day we were in the house. And my girls are arguing. And she says, Dad, can I cuss her out? And I'm like, you know, they, they, they big head. That's why your eyes is big, and that's why your mom got a big head. You know, I'm like, all right, they're going to do one of those. And she said something that rocked me. And Rachel convicted me and said, well, you be watching some of that stuff on TV and some of them words come out. I'm guilty. And when I wanted to go off, I had to realize that I'm part of the problem. Do I love this stuff on TV so much that I got, I'm going to watch that and continue to watch that stuff in front of them and allow that to get in their spirit? Or am I going to re- protect their souls? See, some of y'all are like, that, that ain't that slight. But no, that's, that's where it starts. And I told y'all a few weeks, a couple, couple minutes ago, I feel like a couple hours ago, I've been up here for a minute. I feel like I told y'all a couple minutes ago that back in high school, it started with sleeping in one class. And if I allowed that thing to linger and, 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 and celebrated it and thought it was funny, she would think it's okay to keep doing it. So it's our assignment, and I'm, I'm closing here. It's our assignment to destroy it from the root while we have the chance. I'll give you my three points, and I'm going to sit down. Point number one. I got Darnell working today. We're going to give him a quarter or something after service. <laughs> Don't let sin, sin linger in your life. I'm not dumb enough to believe that we're not going to sin. I'm not dumb enough to believe that we're not going to make mistakes. But what we don't want to do is we don't want to allow that stuff to linger and just keep being passive with it and say, oh, that's just okay. If you ain't witnessing to it, why are you around it? (laughs) Y'all quiet. So don't allow it to linger because if you allow it to linger, it eventually, it'll start lingering in you. Number two, rebuke it when you notice it. Certain things start coming across your mind. Certain things start coming across your spirit. Rebuke it immediately in the name of Jesus. Don't play with it. Don't pacify it. Don't look further into it. Rebuke it and keep moving. And number three, what you feed will grow. I know some of y'all heard that before. 
You keep feeding issues, you keep feeding stuff, you keep feeding, you know, that porn addiction. Uh, all right, we're, going, we're not going to be real. Next thing you know, you start looking at stuff stranger and stranger. Next thing you know, you, you're starting to bring that stuff home. Next thing you know, you want that stuff in your marriage. What you feed will grow. You wanted the devil to leave? Don't leave a snack. <laughs> you want the devil to leave your house? Don't put a bowl of milk in the backyard. Y'all know what I'm talking about. What do people tell you about stray cats? Don't feed them. You feed a stray cat, what's going to happen? They're going to come back every week, and they're going to bring their cousins. And that's the same way it is with sin. Science, Selena, like, nah, they can come to my house. <laughs> don't allow things to linger and don't feed it. Because if you feed it, it'll grow and it'll start to believe that you can take possession of it. I'm going to close here. I'm a little later than usual today, but I want to pray for anyone today. And I'm not going to embarrass you. Y'all know I'm not about that, but I want you to bow your heads if you feel like this message has hit you today. And you said, uh, you're saying to yourself, man, this really hit home. And there's some things that I need to kill and, do, and get out of my life before it grows out of control. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to bow your heads. And I just want to pray with you. One of the most terrible, terrifying things that I've seen just through all these years that I've been in church is watching um, people that start off so strong that they allow just that little spoil thing to just keep lingering in their life and destroy them. And I pray today that as we leave this place, we go into spiritual warfare and we rebuke all of those things that are not like God and we don't allow it to thrive and grow in our life. So, Father, we come to you today, God. God, we ask, God, that you touch our hearts, touch our minds, God. And, God, today, God, we pray a prayer of spiritual warfare. We speak against any wiles of the devil, any plans, any thoughts that try to come across our hearts and our minds. And we rebuke them right now, God. We rebuke anything that tries to come against our home, anything that tries to come against our children. We ask, God, in the name of Jesus, God, that you destroy those things, God, and not allow them to take possession of us, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for we know that there is victory in you. We know, God, that you died on the cross so that we can have victory. And, God, we have no plans or no thoughts to go back to where you brought us from. And we thank you, Lord, for bringing us a mighty long way. For, God, we should be so far gone if it wasn't for your grace. And we give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go-hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.